You didn't even know what? Mm-hmm. Prince. Yeah. He was in Morris Day. That was like his first band was Morris Day in the time. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. You know that Jared Leto is in 30 Seconds to Mars or whatever? What is that? Yeah. Wait. Jared Leto. That? Jared Leto's the actor who's going to be playing the Joker in the Suicide Squad movie. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, he's that he's guy from Murder for a Dream, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's, a, he's a good actor, but he's a he? singer first. He's in a band. What? 30 Seconds to Mars. It's it's kind of emo-y. You wouldn't no, be into it. That's not a band. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. You stop it. Hello. Welcome to Words for Dinner, the podcast that double dips in the blue cheese and denies ever doing it. I'm Max. And I'm Mike. Today we're going to be talking about a word that has seen much controversy uh, in the 21st century. Um, a lot of online articles about it, right? We're going to be talking about things like word aversion. And we're going to be talking about a, a word that, that I've just come from experiencing during the holiday season, now that we've come into the new year. And that word is moist. And moist. Moist is a moist word. Uh, and for those of you who are word averse to this word, this podcast might be a little painful for you to get through, but we promise that it will be worth it because our discussion of this word is going to look at some interesting things from our old favorite, the OED, as well as some nice articles that really talk about some interesting aspects of this word moist. Does that mean we need to offer a trigger warning, Michael? That is my trigger warning, that is. <laughs> but with the, with the bevy, if you will, of mm-hmm. sources that talk about this word and how much people hate it, that needed to be said. This is this is a word that is right. that people are averse to, literally averse to. They don't like hearing it. They find it so, prickly, if you will, a if little will. uncomfortable. Possibly, they yeah. might even have one of those goose pimply shivers mm. when they hear it. Mm-hmm. Another you know, word that people don't like. Sort of like what happens when you end up, when you walk into your friend's uh, house and they're watching a movie, just like they told you they would. And except you don't know what movie it is, and then you realize it's a gross, disgusting horror movie like The Hills Have Eyes 2 mm-hmm. that you didn't know was going to be playing. And then before you leave, you accidentally look at the TV and you see something horrendous and terrible that will never, ever leave your consciousness for all time. And you have nightmares about it for the rest of your life. Or it's like a person who says, come over and watch a movie with me. It's my favorite movie. And they throw in... The Room with Tommy Wiseau, right? Um, and if you haven't seen that, right, I strongly suggest everyone seeing that. If you can make it through that movie, you have the willpower of a god. Uh, I've heard of that. It's it's intense. It's good. Yeah. Have you ever seen The Hills Have Eyes? Yes, the first one. <clears throat> Why? I just ter- I like to be terrified sometimes. Ew. You ever see It? Gross. No. It's a rough one. It's gross? It's I read the not book. really gross as much as, like, just terrifying. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I read that book in seventh grade. Yeah. Way too early. And we've already digressed. Yeah. Within within minutes. There are, within minutes. There are those aren't very moist movies, but they, they are, are maybe there's moist moments in the movies. There are definitely moist moments in the movies. So Oof. um, you know, that leads us to the the main meal, which is about that word. But uh, you know, would you, would you care to uh set the table? I think we should set it up a little bit. So, Happy New Year, Max. This is our first uh, podcast back. 
um, our first podcast in 2016. Nice. Hopefully the year of the pod, as I've been referring mm-hmm. it to others. But uh, yeah, I just you know um, came off a, a good year of reading, Got uh, ended the year reading Tobias Wolf's This Boy's Life, which is fascinating, very mm-hmm. interesting, I don't, very literary of me, I felt fancy doing it. Uh, moving away from reading comics, tried to pick up, have been picking up fiction mm. and poetry and nonfiction just for a change. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, got yeah. a bit of good news. I don't know if I told you this right. yet. I will be going to a conference in April giving a paper presentation. What? On a paper entitled uh, Too Much Time in the Gutter or something like that. I don't remember what I, what I, what I called it, um, but it's uh, it's a paper on using comics to teach critical thinking and argumentation, which I have only written the title of. Ooh, hasn't been written yet, folks. Yep. Come get it here, hot <laughs> so, off the presses. So words, right? Words are going to be just what conference. Life. Um, it's called the International Comics Arts Forum. You, you know, yeah. you should apply for some of those prof def funds. Baby, yeah, yeah, get some of those monies. <laughs> yeah, try from the higher education monster. Yeah, but yeah, he'll just puke it up, the the money. I know. You know the higher education That's monster. That's what I've heard. When he wakes up from his slumber, sometimes he regurgitates a little dollars. They just <laughs> come out. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can catch some of that on its way down. I think I'm gonna try. Yeah. So yeah, so that's gonna be exciting. But anyway, regardless of that, any experience with words on your trip? Uh, any bookstore visits? Man, you make me sad. Oh, actually, no. Yeah, dude. Uh, I am so pumped about this. I guess, is this buzz marketing? I don't know if my friend would really like me to talk about, to identify this book by name. However, I'll plug it. He is way more famous than we are and way more talented than I am. But I know him, director from this show called Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. He is a genius. I went to high school with him. He's my good buddy. And I did see him this weekend. Because he lives in Massachusetts. Nice. So I uh, already knew about this little side project of his. He yeah. also has, by the way, Adventure Time is a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Have you seen it? No. Dude. Adventure Time is so good. But anyway, that's him. That's a co-project. He Obviously, there were a lot of other people involved yeah, in Adventure yeah. Time. That was his first really famous, popular venture. But he did a follow-up project that was um, uh, dreamed up entirely by him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had animators and people working. Yeah. But he has a mini-series that was uh, aired on Cartoon Network that was 10 minute, ten episodes that are 10 minutes each called Over the Garden Wall. That's Pat McHale. He's a genius. He's an animator. He's an artist. He's a visual artist, but he's a storyteller, ultimately. So he has a side project, which is a book that he's created mm-hmm. um, entirely on his... This is 100% Pat. Mm-hmm. It's nobody else. So it's a book that intentionally tries to reproduce some of the conventions of bad writing yeah, and bad illustrating and bad storytelling. <laughs> and uh, it manages to do that, use those poor uh, storytelling conventions to create a great story. Yeah. So I don't want to go too much into that, too so much more. The reason that I want to name this book is because Pat has decided... He's only, he doesn't even necessarily, it's not on Amazon, you're not going to be able to find it if you yeah. look for it, and that's intentional. He doesn't want people to just find it. It's sort of something that he wants to offer up when he has free time in a strategic way, mm. um, and he definitely doesn't want it to be a widely available thing. Mm. So, now that I've teased your ears with this book, um, you probably can't get it. <laughs> That's awful. I uh, probably can't get it, but uh, it is uh, Pat McHale is a guy who is a brilliant 
artist, and right. you should follow him uh, on Twitter, and you yeah. should Google him and look up Over the Garden Wall. You can well, buy uh, the episodes of his show for a, a, a cheap price on uh, iTunes. That's that's interesting. I'm interested in why he doesn't want to to kind of read something that he's done, right? But regardless, right? Uh, we should start getting into the meal. I'm hungry. You're hungry. Our listeners are hungry. They might be hungry for for possibly a chicken breast, right? That someone would would cut into after you cooked it, looked at oh, it, right? I know where you're going. Taking a bite, oh, gross. and gone. Mm, oh. That is a moist oh. chicken breast. It's moist. <laughs> moist. You know what I'm and that was a compliment. That's a compliment. That's, it could be a compliment. Or, or somebody who has taken their oh. fork, mm. dipped it into their chocolate cake, <laughs> taken a forkful out, okay. l- laid it upon their tongue, and said... Gently. That is a moist cake. <laughs> I meant it as a compliment. So let's get into, let's get uh, into the meal. First of all, let's. Yes. <laughs> Come on, baby, tell me what's the word. The cake was less gross than the first one. Yeah, the chicken right. was grosser. Here's why. Do you picture, do you ever have a well-cooked chicken, chicken mm-hmm. breast, mm-hmm. and it's right out of the oven, and it's like maybe a little crispy on the outside, you're hungry, you're like, oh, sweet, and you stab it with a pointed implement, maybe mm-hmm. a knife, and uh, you know it's well-cooked because it sort of uh, ejects a, uh, a geyser of, of uh, transparent meat liquid. <laughs> Out of it. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. yes. <laughs> this is not the same thing as, like, let's say, biting into an orange. No, or not the same like thing. That. Not no. the same thing. That is a also maybe a clear juice, but this is a different kind. We got to, we're talking about meat juice here. Meat juice. Meat yeah. juice. Meat juice. So that was gross. Although I see what you would say. Mm-hmm. That's good. So why don't do you want to start us off here with, the, with this yeah, word? Let's, let's start off right, and, and obviously we'll start like we do most times, which is talking about the word generally. It's a fun word to say. Uh, it's kind of a gross word to say. It's kind of like when you're young and you say booger, and like my daughter loves the word booger or like <laughs> poot. Right, Ew. which is like her way of saying poop and fart at once. I guess. Oh, nice! That's actually very original. Yeah. So she loves saying those words, right? Or if I said, "Did you fart?" and she says "fart" and she giggles, right? It's like one of those words that kind of are bad, and it makes me kind of giggle every time I say it, though she, I know that it makes people cringe as well. And she's so being going, evasive. Yeah. I mean, limit my use of the actual word, so that people who are adverse to it. Can still listen and enjoy our discussion of the of the word moist. We don't want that to. We don't want to make them averse to the podcast. Exactly. We don't exactly. want to make them pod averse. And I feel like that's the goal of this podcast. Words for dinner is about trying new things, trying a variety of things, really stepping out of our comfort zones and getting into things that we might be averse to or we might really love. Why did wading into the deeper waters? And this is this has been there's precedent already. We talked about pop and soda and coke, yeah. and we we battled it out. We you know the battle of the bulges, the battle of the carbonated <laughs> bubbles, or the burps. Um, and so yeah, so of course, so the word moist <laughs> etymology it's borrowing from the French, uh, mm. the French moisty, right? I guess, mm. and uh, it means damp <laughs> or wet. Late 12th century in Old French, uh, it was you know a different word. The etymology is uncertain and disputed. It's perhaps a blend of post-classical Latin, um, of, cla- uh, of a variant of classical Latin, musidius, and a post-classical Latin reflex of classical Latin, 
Mustum, which is like the weirdest way to say that. Um, and there's you know a lot of old versions of it as well. And we get that first definition, which is the one that we are most familiar with, which is slightly wet, imbued with moisture, containing liquid in a state of suspension or absorption. In the first example we see, about 1383, right? The text to text of them all, the most popular text ever written. Most people have bought it. It's the most selfish by text. Kim Kardashian. Not selfish, but ah. Kim Kardashian. Close, ah. though. Close. The Bible. Where the wild things are? Oh. No, the Bible. The Bible. Um, and here we have, like, Should a very know. old, an old translation of it. Joshua. Yeah, uh, Joshua. 15, section 9. Or 19, excuse me. Uh, Caliph 3AF, which I'm pretty sure <laughs> is not what it means to say. I'm slash afraid you're going to try to read this. I'm, I'm, like, not doing that, right? To hear moist. Donkey land a bow and binep. <laughs> Again, our Middle English. We I think we should really take a class with Middle English. It seems like this is a lot yeah. of words yeah. <laughs> our first use there. Mm-hmm. Well, we see like it, it's an old word, right? I think this is probably the oldest word that we've dealt with thus far, yeah. coming from about the 14th century. Well, but this is the thing, right? So the interesting thing that you notice there, which is hellfall, and the OED is so good at this, mm-hmm. the Oxford English Dictionary is good at this, It's date, this first entry that we see is dated 1382, it's from the Bible, which as we know, uh, is comprised of different sections which were written at different times. And not in English. Not in English, probably in, in Hebrew. Well, Old Testament d- Hebrew... And then yes. Greek and Latin, right? We, we can yeah. talk about That's a whole other idea, yeah. uh, uh, topic. But in the B.C., mm-hmm. and the, obviously the New Testament was written around the year zero afterwards, yeah. maybe 100 or 200 years after. Anyway, point is, Bible is a lot older than 1382. Mm-hmm. But this word first appears in this 1382 translation of the Bible yeah. by this guy, E.V. Wycliffeite. So, Wycliffe. Wycliffe. So... Yeah, uh, and we got several other uh, citations following that that are slightly newer, going up through the 1500s, and, yeah. and they're all equally unpronounceable. This looks to be Middle English, and like when you when you mentioned a minute ago about the etymology of this word, it is Anglo-Norman, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. word moist, and it's spelled in various different ways, and Middle French, um, and that way moist has an E at the end. So, yeah, late 12th century Right. Yeah. Um, that's the 1100s, and of course, 1300s is only a couple hundred after that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't want to try to pronounce uh, any of these other ones. Well, I'm, I'm gonna take a crack. You're gonna take it. a crack. <laughs> okay. Assembly of the Gods from mm. 1500 or about 1475. Mm. Her moist clothes were terrace all besprent. It's <laughs> good, right? It's good. Uh, what? Mandeville's, what? Mandeville's travels. Oh, yeah. Venom or poison be brought in presence of the diamond. Anon, it beginneth to wax moist and for to sweat. Oh, that actually kind of makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. If venom venom or poison be brought in the presence of the diamond, Mm -hmm. anon, it begin to wax moist and for it to sweat. Yeah. It almost almost makes sense. And we see the King James 1611 version, Mm. uh, Song 3, Children 26. As it had been a moist, whistling wind. Okay, so now we're, now we're starting back, to yeah. get into, like, closer to modern English, the yeah. 1600s. Uh, one thing that I did notice when I was looking at all these different entries, moist, 
There's a quite a few entries from famous poets and writers. There are. Just underneath that one, we see from 1667, mm-hmm. Paradise Lust. I know. By your buddy Milton. I know. Um, quote, The hills to their supply vapor and exhalation dusk and moist sent up a main. Mm-hmm. Boy. Great, yeah, that's difficult to understand as well. But it seems to be talking about uh, the weather. The weather. Yeah. Um, in that definition you read earlier, we see in the, like, under A, right? Slightly wet is what that means. It's an adjective. It means slightly yeah. wet. The OED mentions, in many contexts, it now differs from the word damp by having a neutral rather than mm. a negative sense. Yeah. And in connoting a lesser degree of wetness in early use, that would be around this time, the word had a wider application. So that's interesting. It's about tone. And what's interesting is that as we get to the different definitions, which some of them are pretty fun, and we'll get to those in a second, but also to the way that people react to the word now, there's a clear turn away from it because of the non-neutral feeling that people have about it. But we'll get to that. That brings up. And to go to kind of riff off of what you said, in uh, the first definition under B of a plant fruit, it's juicy, succulent. Mm -hmm. Um, We have... The Bible again. We have the Bible again. We have mm-hmm. Dickens' classic, classic. And from Christmas Carol. Later, um, the next one of a shoe new, not worn and supple, which is hilarious, right? Yeah, um, so relating Chaucer, to shoes, yeah. Chaucer uses it. Shakespeare uses that. Ben Jonson uses that. Um, what this Tennyson suggests, uses that. the interesting thing is that this suggests that Chaucer is a guy, the first one to use moist in those. In those situations. Ways. And the only one. Yeah. And the only one. The shoes, the beer, and the wet eyes. Mm. Or at least he was the first one to talk about it in terms and, of eyes. And I'm, I'm interested to reclaim some of the uses of this word. You know, with, with our, the way that we define that. It's like, this drink is quite wet. Yeah, it's like, well, duh, bro. <laughs> anybody, you think anybody, like, Chaucer was writing and somebody is like, Friend came in, like mm-hmm. read an excerpt, and was like, "Dude, no, man, yeah, no, duh, obvious, obvi, Chaucer, but, bro." But here it has a positive connotation, and mm. that there's this delish. idea, yeah, of it being very delicious or mm-hmm. very, like, on point. And here, like, the definition is that it's not stale. It's fresh, not stale, which is important of a, of a beer or a shoe, yeah. which sounds really disgusting. <laughs> sounds <super laughs> like, that disgusting. does sound disgusting. Yeah, it does. Uh, and yeah, so it's interesting. And then of, of an eye, like the eye definition of um, how we refer to a plant or something's wetness are the ones that I think I'm most familiar with because, I, you know, mm-hmm. referring to an eye as moist or like food or some sort of plant or something. Right. I think the plant or the fruit is the, the one that I've heard the least, but like it makes sense to me. Yeah, it's like that, that orange that we split the other yes. day was pretty moist, wasn't it? Yeah, like that to me, yeah, I'd be like, that's weird, but yeah. I wouldn't think twice about it. I'm not yeah. as advanced. That doesn't fit there either. Like yeah. these words don't really work. You know? I'm not as uh, um, adverse to the word as most people are, so yeah. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna have another disagreement in which you know this the the pop soda thing all you, over again. You do seem a little more um, strong, a little more impervious, if mm. you will, to the uh, grosser senses of this word. Is yeah. it, is you just you. It's maybe it's just a hearty diet of moist things when you're growing up. I guess I don't think. I think that. 
I think I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Because there's a lot that I wanted to say there. But yeah. Still. So, okay. Let's, so, so let's, let's move keep, on. Yeah, keep moving. The, the, uh, the tears and the eyes. A lot of famous writers Lots there. Of you poets, mentioned a yeah. bunch of them. Uh, I'll just highlight one from the year 1600. Shakespeare's play, Henry IV, mm-hmm. in part two. He says, have you not a moist eye, a dry hand, a white beard, and will you yet call yourself young? And, of course, from what I recall, Henry IV, you know, the theme of age and elderliness is, is important there. Yeah, Wordsworth and Tennyson and others. Uh, okay, so then we got yeah the, the next definition of a season climate, uh, wet and rainy, having mm-hmm. some rain, considerable rain. And which I think this is important that we we note our favorite ones mm-hmm. that are kind of fun or ridiculous. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson. Oh yeah, uh, the the third pre- third president, second president, third president. Well, I don't know. Am I messing that up? Well, maybe. I feel like I'm messing that up. No. We can edit that so that I'm right later. Now anyway, so in his in his writings, he says the white grape. Though not so fine for wine as the red, and more liable to rot in a moist season, yet grows better if the soil be... Ex- Part of me wants to know what essay this is from. Is this a metaphor for something? A is farming this, no tutorial? Idea. Jefferson uh, was, he was a farming fool, man. He I loved know, him some true. farming. That's true. I that's think true. he loved him some wine, too, from the sound of it. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. And then we got, you know, we got Dickens as well, and they're that same kind of yeah. weather, moist and raw, from our mutual friend. Our mutual. Uh, not, a, not a classic of his, but, you know, it's one that, that I've heard friend. of before. Yeah. Um, and then Soviet Life. From 1990, December 25th. <laughs> Soviet life. Soviet life. Okay. The warm and moist climate of the region. What region? We don't know. I don't know. What region? Yeah. Just tundra? 1990 wasn't exactly a good year to be in Russia, formerly known as the Soviet Union. Yeah. That was the fall of the Soviet Union that year. Right. Maybe warm and, yeah. Warm and moist climate of the region provides a perfect environment for southern plants and taiga and tundra vegetation. That's weird. That's weird. I don't know. I, I mean, I obviously don't know... Russia that well. I have never I been there. I don't either. I'm, make, I'm just no. being awful. This is an opportunity for our Russian listeners to berate us uh, <laughs> via email. How often do Russians use the word moist in English? Well, it's probably only those Russians that are Anglophiles and enjoy speaking them some English. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. Uh, maybe we should have Googled us some Russian tr- uh, synonyms for this word. I bet it's totally different. I, yeah. I, I Cyrillic bet this one, alphabet. This is probably one of those words that a lot of languages don't have direct translations. I saw some things that had translations and I had looked at them, but it was, wasn't that interesting. Um, the next definition's a, a tricky one. You want to tackle it or you want me to? I've been waiting my whole life to tackle this, Michael. Yeah. As an adult this, man. This is one that we're going to come back to, right? Because this is one of the reasons why the word is so averse to people. This definition right here. Or why so people are so averse to it. Or Yeah, that's what I meant. And so this one is the important one. This one, also on UrbanDictionary.com, which the writers for UrbanDictionary.com are the funniest writers in the world. It is like pretending to do a dictionary definition, Mm. but not really caring. Mm. So it kind of has the tone of one, Mm. but isn't one. What a funny place to go. It is, but you want to take this. You're you're the... You volunteered. Uh, But uh, this is the next um, definition from the Oxford English Dictionary for the word moist. It says, of the vagina, lubricated as in a state of sexual arousal, sexually aroused or excited, also an extended use of a sexual act, arousing. So, 
This is perhaps why, and we have more evidence for this uh, explanation. Mm-hmm. So we should just stick with this. I think we're in agreement, mm-hmm. actually, on this, on why it might. This might be the primary reason for the word be, uh, causing p- some people. And I think I think what's interesting is that the war, the usages that are here seem to be either you know the earliest 1958 with a book called End of Road. The other ones from recently, mean most recent, seem to be more erotica novels, sure. right? Or uh, things along those lines. Sure. So, yeah. And one one thing that I, I am uh, partially ashamed and partially um, just curious about is um, there's a guy from 1991 whose first initial is M. That's my first initial. His last name is Gray. That's my <laughs> last name, and it's spelled the exact same way as mine. Uh, in 1991, I was uh, eight. So I don't think... Did you write a book called First 50? Yeah, I don't recall that unless maybe it was one of those, like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, hypnosis states. I, maybe. Oh, In which case, funny. good for me, right, to write a novel. Yeah, no, I'm old. proud of you, man. But uh, M. Gray, he says, quote, we hung around in bed too long doing moist, wicked things. Uh, that's another reason I wouldn't have uh, been Mm-mm. able to write that. Mm-mm. That sounds dirty. Uh, yeah, it is dirty. And then the most recent one that the OED has listed, which probably is not the most recent use of it. Yeah, I mentioned context, it's not, yeah. Is from 97, a uh, text called Dead Meat by a novel named only as Q. Well, the author is named Q. Yeah, the uh, the author's name yeah, is Q. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Sorry. Uh, saying, "quote I want to see you. I'm moist thinking about you." Ooh, yeah. Woo! So that is, chortle, chortle, giggle, giggle. Um, that's yeah. pretty explicit. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that fifth definition? No, I'm not interested. Cinco. Nice. Uh, our listeners have no idea, nor do they care, what the number of the definition is. But this is our fifth definition under the Oxford English Dictionary. Associated or connected with liquid, it says. Mm-hmm. Well, that's broad in general. Um, it does say it does, has subheadings, though. So these yeah, are yeah. all scientific definitions. Okay, sounds um, good. Dr. <laughs> Andrew is uh, going to tell us in a little bit about... Some of the more clinical details, some of the more of, technical of, aspects. Of the word moist. Of the medical definition of the word moist. Interesting. Rails is another word which I had to look up, which is uh, medicinal, or just, mm-hmm. uh, has to do with the medical field. And it means, uh, it really refers to a type of sound that mm. the physician may hear. Okay. So Dr. Andrew's going to talk about this a little bit. Okay. He's going to fill us in. So I'll leave that up to him. Yep. So is Dr. Andrew coming on right now? Uh, let's see. Dr. Andrew, are you there? Yeah, he, uh, he sent me a uh, message via Telegram. <laughs> um, he's going to come right down. All right, sounds great. So why don't, uh, why don't we actually, you know what, he's here. He's, here he is. Here's Andrew. So why don't I pass the mic over to him yeah. and he'll some information. All right, sounds great. So I'd like to extend a warm welcome to Dr. Andrew. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Professor... Uh, Max, mm. Professor Host DJ Max. Thank you. Um, that's great to be here on Words for Dinner. I'm glad I can bring a dish to the table. Um, so I believe the the word of uh, the episode is moist, <laughs> which <laughs> brings us uh, to the word rails or rawls, as pronounced by. 
um, some folk. Uh, tell us how how you arrived over to to the rails. Yeah, so so that's a good question. So this word rails, which for our our uh, dutiful listeners is spelled R A L E S, right? Did I get that, that is, right? That is correct. Okay, so far so good. <laughs> so uh, this word rails uh, was listed under uh, one of our uh, medical definitions for the word moist, which mm-hmm. uh, had mm-hmm. to do with auscultation. Yes. Can you tell us what the heck auscultation is? So auscultation. Involves using a, a stethoscope, sort of the uh, symbol of uh, of the physician in our uh, modern time. Auscultation can be listening to heart sounds as well as lung sounds. So in this particular case, in the topic of rails, uh, we would be listening to lung sounds. Now, um, gross. It is uh, gross, but life saving. <laughs> ah, <and> yes, <laughs> of course. That is why it is uh, necessary. Mm. Um, now. With rails and moisture, the, the, essentially, rails is describing a moisture or moistness. So let's okay. let's talk about lung sounds in general. Okay, there is let's say there's several of these lung sounds or breath sounds um, that can be described, but really the the four most common are going to include rails, uh, but as well as ronchi. So these are sounds that sort of they resemble snoring. They occur when air is blocked or airflow becomes rough through large airways. Strider, that's a wheeze-like sound heard when a person breathes. Usually it's due to blockage of airflow uh, in the windpipe or the trachea or in the back of the throat. Um, could sort of sound like a seal, like a high-pitched uh, seal uh, screaming, perhaps being clubbed by um, some sort of poacher. <laughs> The, like um, a sea cow or yeah, perhaps, yeah. Um, seal on seal. Mm, yes. Uh, seal on seal violence, uh, right. again, is uh, no laughing matter. No. Um, but. In international waters, <laughs> these things do happen. No. It's, there's, no, there's no laws or regulation. No. Uh, but we pray that one day we can achieve that. Now, moving on, uh, <laughs> wheezing uh, is, again, another sound. It's high-pitched sounds produced by narrowed airways. Wheezing and abnormal sounds are sometimes heard without a stethoscope, actually. So you're thinking in asthma and asthma attack, you'll hear wheezing. Okay. But now, let, let's focus on rails. So rails are, as, are also known as crackles or crepitations, Ugh. or the clicking, rattling, or crackling noises that may be heard by one or both lungs. They're caused by the popping open of small airways and these alveoli, uh, date or lack of aeration during uh, expiration. Um, crackles can be heard in patients with pneumonia, atelectasis, or like a collapsed lung, pulmonary fibrosis, acute bronchitis. Um, also can be heard in congestive heart failure. So that's where, um, you know, the, the heart isn't pumping very well and there's sort of a backflow of that pump. Uh, so it sort of has the sounds there. So you're getting hearing these crackles, otherwise known as rails. But that's an interesting word. I mean, you don't use that word in any other context. Uh, this word mm. actually uh, derives from the French word "rall," meaning rattle. Um, oh, cool. First termed by uh, Dr. René Lenac, uh, he developed oh, the term, really? which means rattles in French, to describe the added breath sounds, which are now referred to as crackles. Um, he described them uh, using these unusual daily examples, such as whistling of little birds, crackling of salt on a heated dish, or okay. cooing of the wood pigeon. These are things cooing of the wood pigeon. Are, I'm sure that you encounter <laughs> these sounds twenty to thirty times a day oh, yeah. on your you daily routine. Um, Definitely. So 
he was a very down-to-earth uh, physician that really knew how to effectively communicate things in simple, everyday terms. So, Well, the French are <laughs> often known for that, right? And for their sharp observation of uh, uh, birds and bird sounds. So sure, that sure. seems to be where that comes from. I mean, when I, when I see a patient with... Um, with congestive heart failure, I, I sometimes think that there is actually a wood pigeon in the room. Sure, that is like, how compelling. Who left the window open is. here, folks? We have a patient here, <laughs> right? Unsanitary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, um, however, he he, Doctor Lenac, mm-hmm. uh, he soon realized that he was unable to use this term in front of his patients because it conjured the association of something known as. Le Rôle de la Mort, which oh. translates roughly to death rattle, oh. which is the noise that people um, are about, uh, that people make that are about to die. This this death rattle, this, uh, chain stokes breathing is another sure. uh, description of this uh, phenomenon. This phrase, death rattle, also has a, a poetic uh, history as well, and a literary history, oh. right? This is a word that, sure. that we hear often in, a, in a, you know some of the more famous poems of uh, our language. Sure, I'm sure it is also some sort of a morbid uh, child's toy. I mm-hmm. imagine. Yes, right. You uh, shake it, and <laughs> yes. like, and the Grim Reaper yes, shows up. Yes, right. That mm. one was recalled by Mattel. <laughs> sure, I think. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was made primarily of lead. Yeah, right. Um, now, um, <laughs> now, the, the, so the problem is now that you have this association of uh, the death rattle. So, uh, therefore, at the bedside, he actually used a Latin equivalent, ronchus. Uh, mm-hmm. This was not clearly understood by his translator, John Forbes, who. Now, this forever known as being a bad translator. Oh, okay, um, and the terminology became very confusing after the publication of Del Auscultation Mediate. Uh, the difficulty of translating uh, Rail itself uh, was remarked upon in a British review of Lenex's work in 1820. Now, as a result of this, the term Rails was abandoned and Crackles became official substitute. Uh, therefore, actually, it's better to correctly, it's correct, more correct to describe it as crackles rather than rails. However, rails is ubiquitous throughout the medical community. So, so is there, uh, is there like a rails crackles like debate going on in the medical community here? Are there sort of like, is like crackle like the cool person and rails is sort of the old school guy who still wears, who still like smokes a corn cob pipe? I would like, say, I would say so that is sort of the more sophisticated, uh, I mean, um, Sort of that, that sort of terminology, you know, to, to, to harken back to sort of the French roots of these discoveries, sort of gives you a little more sophistication, a little more uh, mystique. Mm, but I yeah. feel the best way to effectively communicate um, perhaps the cooing of the uh, wood pigeon <laughs> or the whistling of salt on a heated dish <laughs> would, be, would be crackles. I'm saying crackles. <laughs> okay, okay. So you're sticking with crackle for the uh, the, the plebes, the Joes, mm-hmm. and the uh, guy next door, John Doe's. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the uh, you know French legionnaires, <laughs> who uh, famously have uh, where uh, legionnaires disease. Full <laughs> stay, circle. Going, we've gone full circle. Uh, stay away from air conditioners and uh, public waters. Oh, okay. So no more water fountain <laughs> usage for any of you who want to avoid your crackles, right? Crackles are not the newest post-breakfast cereal. They're not the newest <laughs> Kellogg's not. brand. You don't want that. Do you think uh, we could listen to a short Of course, clip? of course. I now, think. What is this you're going to play for We us? are going to play, um, you're going to hear a classic hmm. example mm-hmm. of rails. Oh, so this is so a rail let's... sound. Okay. 
Wow, well that was that was what a rail sounds like. Uh, would you describe that as moist? Sounded moist to Sounded me. Sounded kind of moist. Damp. damp. Sounded a little moist <laughs> to me as well. So uh, I think the uh, the bottom line here is rails are um, gross. You want to avoid them. Uh, mm-hmm. They're definitely moist. This backs up our, our fifth definition of the of the word uh, that that uh, we're talking about today. So uh, with that, I'll uh, I'll let you get back to your practice. Yeah. Okay, watch out for those uh, those wood pigeons. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> Well, yeah. So that's that's fantastic. You know, uh, understanding rails like that and like yeah, rails, rails. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So now yeah. that we've talked about the dictionary definitions of these terms, yeah, we got to get into mm-hmm. the controversy of the word moist. Yeah. Uh, you've done a little research. I've done a little research. I I think I have a little bit more examples mm. than you. Mm-hmm. So do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? How do you want to kind of break that up? Let me go through a couple, just two articles real quick. Go for it. I'll set the stage. All right. right. I'll take. I'm going to slice off a couple pieces of this succulent steak that we have going here mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. It might be accompanied by a moist beverage. It might be just meal. Okay. So we're going to just get a, get at it a little. I'm and excited. Then you can get into that juicy part in the middle. You know what I'm saying? All right, so I, I got two articles here that I want to talk about. The first is from the Daily Mail, which I believe is a, uh, a tab UK. Mm-hmm. The headline says, cover your ears. Experts reveal the six words women hate the most, with moist topping the list of cringe-inducing phrases. Basically, there was a study, and uh, they break them down. Here are the five words. We just said moist is the one that causes most women to cringe in discomfort. 77% uh, polled (laughs) in this scientific study by Dr. Mark Lieberman from the University of Pennsylvania Uh said they were uh, grossed out by it. Uh, The second one, I believe, was uh, squirt. (laughs) Squirt? Squirt. 68% found squirt to be gross. The third one was panties, interestingly enough. 54% found panties to be not a word that they enjoyed hearing. What are the other ones? Uh, and then, then we got chunky, a word chunky, uh, which is fine, the survey noted, when used as, as a descriptor for peanut butter, just not for people. Okay. Uh, then 40% of women, curd is a dirty word. <laughs> All right. C-U-R-D, curd, as in milk curd, right? Or yogurt curd. Uh, the researcher believes this is because the word sounds similar to several gross things, including turd, crud, and curdle. And the last one, 22% of people listed flap as a problem word. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the top one, moist. That's what we're concerned with, moist. Yeah. Uh, so this guy, Lieberman, this is why he explains that. Why would moist be at the top of the list, yes, yes. right? Uh, he says, there's even a Facebook group called I Hate the Word Moist, which boasts nearly 7,000 followers. Mississippi State University poll named it as one of the ugliest words in the English language. So experts found that participants especially hated the word when it followed vulgar sexual words, but were less grossed out when it came after food-related words such as cake. Okay, so the second article, which I'll briefly cover. Yeah. This is from a website called Mental Floss. It's a great website. It's a great Love website. Me- Mental, Mental Floss, Floss is good. Uh, uh, this didn't seem to have a date on it. Maybe I couldn't find it. Maybe I was just being dumb. I don't really know. But it's recent. Uh, it says, the science behind why people hate the word moist. This says a BuzzFeed post called Why Moist is the Worst Word Ever received more than 4 million views. 
When the New Yorker asked readers to nominate a word to scrub from the English language in 2012, the overwhelming consensus was to ditch moist. And then they say, well, why is that? And they just offer another study. So this is more scientific evidence to back up this claim that it's not, in fact, the way moist is spelled. It's not, in fact, the way it sounds. It's its context that makes it gross. Mm. They say a group of psychologists uh, from Oberlin College in Ohio, Trinity University in San Antonio, ran three different experiments. They found that more than 20% of the population... Now, this is a different survey sample, right? But 20% of their respondents said that they were averse to the word. That it didn't have anything to do with the way it sounds. Rather, it's associated with bodily functions. It seemed to turn most people off, whether they realize it or not. All right, so this just echoes what the other one said. People found the word moist most disgusting when it was accompanied by unrelated positive words. So actually, I'm going to come back to this, and we're going to play a game in a minute. I'll let you talk about the things you found. Yeah, so I found similar things. One of the things that I found was the original language log post Mm -hmm. in which the researcher that you mentioned talked about the word moist and the aversion to it. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of the things I looked at talked about the phrase word aversion and spoke about how there are certain words that we just don't like. The way they sound, what they mean, the context of them, and that when they're said, we cringe. Or we sit there and go, ugh, ugh. On the other flip side of that is um, love of words, right, which we'll talk about more. And uh, I I was mainly focusing on word aversion. Mm. So we're averse to this word, and it seems like a lot of people are. But a big thing that you notice in your excerpt from the U.K., is that a lot of women are adverse to it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I found, and it is in, a, in your source as well, is that women seem to connect it with um, sex or sexuality in a weird, disgusting way to refer to <laughs> their vagina or to sex. Yeah. And that's fascinating, right? That women just go, ugh, like, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that that is a big part of it, that if you are having parts of your body referred to in the same way that you would refer to a fruit that is juicy or like a wet cloth or a new shoe or a new shoe, (laughs) then of course it's going to be disgusting and awful. And that's fascinating that a lot of the things, and I have the New Yorker article that you talked about in which on Twitter in 2012, they asked what was the worst word that you could think of. And a lot of people, it's very funny in the beginning, a lot of people said things like Obama and literally and (laughs) actually, which is pretty funny, Kardashian, right? Yeah, what word would you eliminate from the English language was the question they asked. Yeah, sure. But... They say, um, in the end, there was a runaway, unfavorite, moist. People, particularly women, evidently prefer aridity. Ben Zimmer posted a piece about anti-moist forces, which are clear. There's Facebook groups about anti-moist forces. Yeah. You can buy, and this is true, I dare you to Google it, shirts and sweatshirts that say anti-moist. Anti-moist. They're hilarious. They're... Adorable at times. Yeah. I strongly suggest it. Very funny. Very funny shirt. So moist has this negative kind of connotation. People really hate it. Mm-hmm. But in addition, I saw a Huffington Post article, mm-hmm. right, by their food their food desk yeah. or their Huff, Huffington Post taste, right, yeah. which says hate moist. You're not alone. In which they talk about referring to cake as moist yeah. and hating it. Yeah. So not only, right, and the, like all these things say that if you refer to food as that, yeah. people don't hate mm-hmm. it as much. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. these people hate it just as much. Wow. So there's even a movement so, against it, right, 
within within the food community. Mm-hmm. So kind of people who dislike it want to move mm-hmm. against it. But then I asked myself, Max, I asked myself, what about those who like the word? How about those who don't mind the word? I found one example. Standard contrarian response. One example. From Michael. Jezebel article from 2013. Madeline Davies. Of course Madeline Davies would say this. I don't, I don't know her. I don't know her. Um, <laughs> she says the word moist isn't all that bad. Yeah. And makes a short little argument yeah. for why we should stop being so dramatic in her words. Quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue basic human psychology, but I will say this. Stop being so dramatic. Mm. As a great man once said, fear of a name increases fear of the thing in itself. That's a reference to Dumbledore in Harry Potter. <laughs> great reference. Wow. It's a great reference. Okay, so Dumbledore backs her up in her yeah. defensive voice. But there seems to there seems to be like a kind of group, uh, you know, moving against that. But overall, it seems that people really dislike the word moist, or at least now we have such a negative connotation with the word that we no longer can understand it as refreshing. And this all brings us back to the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. when we introduced the word because the very first. Word. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, the very first definition that we yep. have as an adjective, slightly wet, right? Mm-hmm. Underneath it, the OED goes out of its way to say, in many contexts, moist. Now differing from damp, which is a word that is very similar. We might even call mm-hmm. it a synonym. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, We're not going to say that cake is damp. Yeah, right. Sure. So that one doesn't necessarily pertain to food, but you can say there's damp weather outside. In fact, it makes more sense mm-hmm. in some ways to say damp when it comes to weather. But it depends on the context, and that's mm-hmm. the point that we're making about this word, is it depends on the context. So they go on to say, now differing from damp by having a neutral rather than a negative sense. So the OED yeah. is explicitly denying the negative it's connotation of this word, which means that they seem to think uh, that it's okay. However, I think you and I are pointing out the truth of the matter, which is that perhaps the OED is a little behind the times on this one. Well... It's just, and I read in the New Yorker just a minute ago too, remember, Mm -hmm. that Jesse Scheidlower, who's Mm -hmm. the editor at large for the OED, Mm -hmm. says, he pointed out that there are people who dislike this this word and that it negatively connotated. Uh, I think the negative connotation that we're talking about and the reason that people Mm -hmm. get squeamish, particularly women, right? Because this actually does, apparently, according to the science, Mm -hmm. it has a gender basis to it. There's, There's... different perceptions of it based on the gender. Yeah. And I think it comes back to that definition we talked about, which is the sexualized version. Yes. And this is what I want to point to, and I think maybe if we had more time, we could investigate this further. But the very first instance of the sexualized version of the word isn't until 1958. Yeah. This guy, Barth. And I think he's a famous writer. John Barth? So I think you have Barth's. Barth's yeah, oh, is different. Yeah, 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 yeah different Roland Barth's. So this yeah. guy's last name is Barth, B-A-R-T-H. Yeah. He wrote a book called End of Road, mm-hmm. and he qu- quote, this is an interesting, and it's, they, listen to the way this sounds, because to me this sounds like almost like prose poetry or even poetry. Mm-hmm. The sentence goes, I felt my nostrils flare like a stud's at the nubby tight sex of them, flustered and pink scrubbed, giggling and moist. Huh. So that is almost nonsensical, I think probably because it's taken out of context. Yeah. But also, uh, it does seem to be kind of carnal. Right? That's Definitely. pretty clear. He's talking about a studs, which we can assume to mean like a male horse. And it's definitely sensory imagery there 
physical yeah. description. So it does seem to point to the sexualized version of it, although it is the first usage of it in that way. I think that somewhere it's like the, the sexualized version of it seems to be what's causing people so much discomfort. That's a relatively recent phenomenon. I agree. And I think that it, but I've, I'm really interested, and I feel like this is, this is an interesting thing, or, you know, saying interesting like a mm. thousand times. Mm. I am fascinated, and this is a compelling thing, mm. that in a lot of the, in a lot of the <laughs> podcasts that we've done, been looking at the inception of, of the word, yeah. and then how it seems to be based on these old, archaic, obscure, rare definitions, how there seems to be a thread of through them. That it starts like somewhere or seems to start somewhere and has that thread. And I think that this aversion to it, the redefinition of the word to describe the female body mm. is a clear movement towards objectifying that female body. Mm-hmm. And that might be something, too, that people are responding to, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right? And so this is a like, complicated or backwards way of supporting you, which is what, are, what is moist? Your lungs can be moist. They can make a moist sound. The, a fruit, it can be damp. You know, an object mm-hmm. gets moist the weather. and not a person. Right. And we often don't refer to it like, like being drunk or anything, mm-hmm. but it's always an object that becomes moistened or is moist. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we've said the word a lot. I'm sure people are like uh, freaking out. But Particularly isn't, the ladies. Isn't, yeah. <laughs> and isn't that fascinating that that's where it seems to come from is that we're going to describe as men, we're going to describe the female genitalia yeah. as an object, as a thing, mm-hmm. you know, that's succulent, that's neutral, that's, mm, you know, like kind right. of wet. Right. It's not damp because yeah. that's kind of gross and yeah. maybe have has fungus, right. but it's moist. It's freshly damped, right? right? Whatever. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. no, that was kind of disgusting. I'm sorry I said that. But it's, it's an interesting connection back to those old definitions mm-hmm. of being an object, of being a thing that... Is is moist? Thing I would agree with. Uh, it's definitely going on. I don't. It could be, and that would bolster your theory, which is that if, especially if Jay Barth, who's the guy who initiated this usage mm-hmm. of the term, is a guy, whoever yes. that he is, he it, that's male objectification of the female body, right? Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, let us not neglect our female list. Yeah. Uh, we want to respect that uh, that uh, squeamishness, right? Which may be. Something that uh, the ladies are exclusively prepared to experience in a way that guys aren't. So I would like to invite female readers to uh, to propose any other words they might be averse to. Okay. But to also, instead of uh, continuing the gender uh, distinctions that we have going on, yeah. the gender bias, maybe I could also both invite our male readers or listeners to... Email us or contact us with words that they think are, uh, per- are they are averse to, mm-hmm. that are particular to the male gender. Right? Is there a yeah, is there a guy's version of moist? But yeah, we are getting off track. Yeah, yeah, we're getting off track. I'm excited. You have promised me a game, and I want to play. I want to play said game. Let's play this game. So uh, <clears throat> I have my note no- my notes here. My uh, moist notes here. Uh, that, that actually sounded pretty awful. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Keep going. Noise. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is from the Mental Floss article, but uh, it, it just made a comment here that explained why people are so upset with uh, Moist that I want to develop. I thought I'd develop into the game. So instead of telling you what the rules are and what is going on, yeah. it's 
it's not going to work to do it that way. So what we're going to do instead is a quick word association game. All right, I'm excited. This game is called Moist. What? That's what the game's called. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so let's do some word association. Just actually, maybe this isn't word association. I just want words that come to mind that you think are positive. Any positive word. can be a noun, can be an adjective. Give me a few. Has to be positive. That's the only requirement. I gotta, I'm trying to think of good ones. Mm-hmm. A noun or an adjective. This might positive. say a lot about you as a person. Which yeah, I might be a very I'll negative. Do some, I'll do some too. I might be a very negative person. Care right, bears. Oh, okay. All right, now I see it. Thank you. I needed an example. Care I think bears. I needed an example. I Care needed bears. an example. Yeah. Okay. Uh, superhero. Genius. Hmm. Intelligent? Is that is that an adjective? No. no. Yeah, it's an adjective. Positive connotations. New York Jets. That's not going to work for everybody. <laughs> but all right, that's what you're saying. And obviously, this wouldn't work for anybody. They'd be only they'd only work for us or select few. I'm trying to think of like overall positive. Javier Bardem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Idris Elba. Mm, nice. All right, that's that's good. Unless you have a really good one. No. Okay. That Idris Elba was my... That's a good one. Crowning jewel. Okay. Right the second part is same thing, except we need to come up with sexual words. Any word or term that has sexual connotations. Danger. Okay. Okay. Uh, one of the articles we read today mentioned the word FAP. F-A-P. <laughs> um, <laughs> erect. Okay. Doing it. <laughs> That, that's mm-hmm. um, doing it nice. Screw, uh, screw, nice. You know when you when you put on the spot like this, this becomes a lot harder okay. than you, than you thought. Do we need one more? Do we need one more? Give me one more, and then we're done. Um, let me think. I gotta think. I gotta think of a really, really good one. Something legendary. Something magical. Something sexual connotation. Unicorn. No, I don't think that has a sexual connotation. Purpose. Pomegranate. Oh, nice. There we go. That is, wow. You are a poet, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm also hungry, and I really want pomegranates, <laughs> and I'm sad. Dude, because they're no longer in season. They're no longer in season. It doesn't matter. They're, they're gross. In, they're in season for like a month. No, just makes me, I buy so many. You don't want those. Are you yes, telling you me you buy pomegranates Oh, my God. I love pomegranates. What do you do with them? How do you them? not love pomegranates? Do you just eat them straight? Yeah, you cut them. Well, you don't eat that. It's, you cut it open. Yeah. What are you talking about? What? How do you not like pomegranate seeds? Uh, I actually don't like any fruit at all. Really? That's a lot. I'll eat a banana sometimes, but like that is like a stretch. You are the opposite of my daughter who only eats fruit. Go that ahead. That is good for her. Let's finish the game. Uh, pomegranates are gross. All right, so this is the, uh, this is the game Moist. What? That's the game. Uh, all right, so I will now explain why we did that. Mm-hmm. The Mental Floss article said, and I quote, People found the word moist most disgusting when it was accompanied by unrelated... Positive words. Okay. Like paradise. Okay. For example, moist paradise. Okay. Here are the words we came up with to test that theory. <laughs> moist Care Bears. Oh, God. Moist Superhero. Oh. <laughs> moist Genius. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, re- I'm ready for the other one, so I'm so excited. Moist Intelligent. Maybe adjectives aren't as good. Moist New York Jets. <laughs> Moist Javier Bardem. Oh. And Moist Idris Elba. 
Those last Idris. two are actually getting kind of. Scary. I might even be pronouncing that wrong, mm-hmm. but moist Idris Elba. Now, oh my God, keep those so in mind. Bad. Keep your reactions moist to those. Yeah, in yeah. Mind. Okay, so I will continue reading. People found it most disgusting when it was accompanied by uh, most disgusting when it was accompanied by unrelated positive words like paradise or when it was accompanied by sexual words. Okay. Here are some sexual words we can. Ah, uh, this is gonna get weird. Moist danger. <laughs> moist fap. All the all the women in our audience are like off off. Uh, Where's the off button? Oh my god! I want to turn it off at this point. Moist erect. Moist oh. doing it. <laughs> so bad. Moist screw. And last but not least, moist pomegranate, which is uh, probably the most the most suggestive. acceptable. Yes, <laughs> That's the most acceptable okay. use. Of it. Oh okay. my god! Now is the study correct folks were you grossed out by any of those combinations if so perhaps their theory is correct yeah it's context the sexual context or even just an unrelated positive context yeah like sort of is like it's perceived as an innuendo moist pomegranates <laughs> yay oh my god that does do you sound... not like I don't know why you gave that an accent there but oh Pepe Le Pew uh, and then they they conclude by saying, by contrast, when it accompanied food words like cake, as in moist cake, people weren't as bothered by it. I, so I think we should have kept going with the third category of just foods. Well, I think the pomegranate one actually did did sound the least bothersome. There was the least bothersome, yeah. Moist Idris Elba. Or mm, more, no. Moist, oh, that that was the one where the girls were like, the, sorry, the ladies were like, off, and reaching for the off button, and they were like, well... Give them one more chance. <laughs> Give them one more chance. The moist Javier Bardem. Oh, jeez, that's you know, a rough one. Moist Javier Bardem keeps them going. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. When we finally get a, we can get some cash flow up in this piece, first thing we do is make some merch. T-shirts. Moist, moist Javier, Javier Bardem. Bardem. That's all it's and just like a cartoon version of him, kind of wet. Yeah, just like <laughs> looking like a cat that's been sprayed with a water bottle. Oh, no. yeah. Oh, no. the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's interesting too because I wasn't. I, I started this conversation <laughs> with not being adverse to the word, mm-hmm. and now I'm a bit averse to the yeah. word. Yeah. Javier Bardem. We turned you. I like Javier Bardem. I do think of him mm-hmm. as moist. I don't either. Did Nor you? do I want to think of a of a fap that is moist. Oh no, no, definitely not at all. No. Uh, we had a delightfully tumultuous and suggestive conversation. It yeah. was a meal that was dripping with dampness and <laughs> general <laughs> precipitation. Yeah. And I think I think it's interesting. I think that so far we've we've been covering a wide range, a mm. wide variety mm. of mm. words. And I'm Every time we come up with a word, and I think this is going to be interesting. This is going to be, you know, expected. I'm going to ex- know what to expect here. I'm always surprised by the word that we choose. The OED blows me away, man. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I can't get enough of it. I mean, you know, the o- thinking of the OED just makes me moist. You know what I mean? I think that's where we got to end. Yeah, that's that's end the end there. So I want to thank Dr. Andrew for uh, joining us today. Yes, thank you, Dr. Andrew. This episode was brought to you by Morning Dew. It's always slightly wet. It was also brought to you by Mountain Dew, which in no way, shape, or form has ever acknowledged this podcast or given us any money. (laughs) By the way, when you have a Mountain Dew, do you have a Mountain Dew? Uh, Yes, but if you have more than one, is it like, have you had Mountain Dews? No. Like, if I drank two Mountain Dews, is that how you say it? I think think it's like moose. (laughs) Like meese? 
There are mice. three moose. There is one moose. Mm. I had one Mountain Dew. I had 12 Mountain Dew. Actually, that sounds right. I think you're right about that. All right. Whoa. Nice. I know. Shane changed everyone's life. Ending credit music. Water in my pop can. (laughs) Insert Canadian bands here. Yeah. Water in my pop can. All right. Good night, everybody. Water in the pop can. (laughs) 